Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is a Locker Room production. What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here for another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. And we are continuing our Top Prospect series here with Evan Mobley today. Really, really excited about Evan Mobley. Out of all of the prospects I think that I've watched so far, Evan Mobley actually might be the one that intrigues me the most. I am super super excited about what he can bring and I'm really excited to talk about that today uh, as we are recording live on Locker Room today it is just over uh, just just excuse me I can't speak today but it is just about a little past 5 here in Houston just after game 4 of the Matt, of the Bucks Net series so that was uh, definitely an interesting series if, if you're following as a Rockets fan. Uh, you know, I've definitely it makes me watch this series very differently. But to be honest, I care more about the draft than I do about the playoffs at this point. Honestly, it's, it's just there's much more excitement. There's much more enthusiasm about it. And I'm really excited to talk today about Evan Mobley with our guest today. He is best known as... One of the most intuitive, intelligent draft minds on NBA Draft Twitter. He goes by Mavs Draft. Now, I just hold the hold the tomatoes, guys. He's, he's cool. We're all good here. I understand. He's from Dallas. I get it. But he, he's cool in, in our books as I bring Michael Brown up on the stage, too. But, um, Mike, how's it going? Hey, man. So sorry I'm a little late. It's a pleasure to be with y'all on this Sunday fun day. Absolutely. And I'd love to welcome Mavs Draft onto the podcast today. Uh, you want us to call you Mavs Draft? You want us to call you Richard? Wh- what would you like to be referred to as uh, guest of honor? Yeah, you can uh, just, rub, I guess, rub in the rivalry a little bit. And you can call him just Mavs <laughs> or something. We can, we can meet halfway. <laughs> all right. All right. Mavs. All right. I'm not so we'll, calling him Dirk. I'm not calling him Dirk. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Eddie call me back. Dorian. My friends all call me Dorian. I, I can go with Dorian. <laughs> Dorian Finney-Smith is pretty, like, very middle of the road for us. Like, Rockets fans don't really have a reason to hate Dorian Finney-Smith. We don't really have a reason to like him. I mean, same for Mavs. Mavs fans, I think, are the same way. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Mavs, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. I was, you know, saying before Mike came on how excited I am about Evan Mobley. And honestly, he's getting to the point where I'm even more excited about Evan Mobley than I am with Kate Cunningham. If the Rockets don't get the number one pick, I don't think it's that 
big of a deal if they get number two or number three and Evan Mobley's right there. Uh, so let's just get right into it. You are on the clock, Mavs. You are of Rockets GM, Rafael Stone. And Mavs Stone, you've got the number two pick. Make the case for why Evan Mobley <laughs> should go number two overall. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's the clear-cut second-best player. You know, Cade is on a tier of his own, and then Evan Mobley is right back on a tier of his own as well. He's very clearly above Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and Kuminga, in my opinion, at least. And then for his pros and cons, his weaknesses are just so easy to improve on. It's some defensive awareness issues. I don't really think he's a true center, and that's kind of why that comes into play. So he's kind of new to being a center. He also will, might struggle to po- like guard post-ups in the NBA, and his jump shot needs to be sped up. All three of those are very fixable issues or minimal issues. And then you look at his strengths. You know, he can run a, he can honestly, he can kind of run a pick and roll as a ball handler, but he's outstanding as a role man, both as a finisher, passer. He has great post-touch. He can shoot a hook shot pretty much from anywhere. Has a really that's his go-to post move. Great rebounder, incredibly long, incredible defensive instincts on ball. Really just the whole package for a modern big man in the NBA. I think he can honestly guard one through five in the NBA. Uh, Richard, I want to ask you a quick question as it pertains to, you know, an NBA comp for Evan Mobley. My stance for the past couple of months is that he's Clint Capella when he came into the league with more game. Do you feel like that's a fair comp for Evan Mobley? If not, who do you think is a current NBA player comparison that you think he more resembles than a a Clint Capella? Yeah, so I I don't really see the Clint Capella one just because I buy a lot more jump shooting. I think Evan Mobley is going to come in, shoot a lot of mid-range, even some three-point shots. So I think that's a little bit different there. But some other guys that have come to mind, I'm not the best at comparison, so don't hold me to these, but he – honestly has the mold of an Anthony Davis. I don't think he's going to be that skilled to be Anthony Davis. Uh, Probably, you know, a tier or two below that level of player because, I mean, Anthony Davis is a superstar. And I'm always hesitant to label these guys as future superstars, no matter how good they are. I'm just very conservative in that aspect. But Kristaps Porzingis would be a guy who, if he gets his jump shooting down, that, you know, what he was with the Knicks before his injury, I think is a very fair comparison for him. So those are two guys that mold of Anthony Davis, maybe some Kristaps Porzingis in there as well. There are shades of Anthony Davis in his game. That's like the first thing that caught my eye is like, I just, just watching like a small clip of like his March madness, uh, of his March madness highlights. Like I, there is some AD in there. There's also defensively, what he can bring to the table. He has the potential to be an all-NBA defender. I truly believe that. Imagine, like, him and Jay Sean Tate on the floor together should scare teams. It should really scare teams because that team, like, just the way Jay Sean Tate can defend one, two, one through five and the Rockets have the, like, the switchability factor on defense, if you can have that with Evan Mobley as well next to you, teams are going to have a hard time scoring on the Rockets. And, I really think, like, so that's the thing is offensively, Evan Mobley has this potential where he can be like an Anthony Davis. Mike, if you don't mind muting for, for me, I know that's your background noise. Let me see if we can get that out of here. Got it. Is that better? No, can you mute while you're not talking? <laughs> Thank you. All right. So basically, it's 
he has offensively tools that Anthony Davis could look like. It, it, there is something that resembles Anthony Davis offensively. Defensively, he he's his potential. There are shades of Rudy Gobert too, and it's and it's. I'm not saying that he's going to be Rudy Gobert. I'm not saying he's going to be Anthony Davis, but he's got parts of his game that mirror those guys. And the thing is, he's only 19 years old. Those those qualities of his game can be elevated in the next several years. And the Rockets have time to be able to develop guys like him. I don't think he's as developmental as a guy like Jalen Suggs or a guy like Kaminga. I think those guys are guys that you can that will take the several years in order for them to fully realize their potential. Whereas I think Evan Mobley should start right away. Like I think if he comes to the Rockets, he starts opening nights as long as he's healthy. He has the talent to be able to do that. The one thing that he needs to do is the same thing Christian Wood needs to do, and that's bulk the F up. If he can bulk up and be more of the size of an NBA guy, like Christian Wood and uh, Evan Mobley, should they be teammates this fall, should be entering the uh, should be entering the gym together and doing the exact same regimen. Because if those two guys, they're very, very similar. And that's uh, one thing that I kind of want to get into next is, you know, how will those two kind of clash? Will they clash? Will they, you know, work well together? I'm, I'm curious to see how that could work out. So, Mavs, I'm going to throw it back to you. You know, you've seen – I know that you're not, like, a huge Rockets guy, but you've seen Christian Wood play, and you know how he's kind of improved. How do you think a guy like Evan Mobley will pair up next to him potentially? Yeah, I, I'm not huge necessarily on the fit with Christian Wood. However, I do like the what you said with the given – it's kind of like a give and take with Jay Sean Tate. That's really intriguing to me. The you know He takes the stronger guys and can handle a little bit more. Like, like I said, the post – the post struggles are real for Evan Mobley in terms of defending just post up minded players. So that could be something where if you put Jay Sean Tate, who, and even Kenyon Martin Jr. has been able to at times a little bit, like it's more in help defense, it feels like, but I think you can balance it off with the right guys. You know, they have the athleticism, they have the strength next to him. So I think, I think it would be an interesting fit with Wood. I also don't view Wood as a long-term player in Houston, honestly, especially when you have Evan Mobley. So if immediately, I think it would work fine, but it's not something long-term that you're really working towards having that group together. Uh, Richard, I want to ask you this quick question. Do you feel like running into this draft, if you're the Rockets, when you already have Kevin Porter Jr. in tow on the current roster, do you feel like the Rockets could use Cade Cunningham more or Evan Mobley more as we feature Evan Mobley on this episode of the Dream Tape? Do you feel like they would benefit more from either one of those? Yeah, I mean, on paper, it probably benefits Mobley, but I think really talent is better than fit. And Cade Cunningham is the most talented player in this draft. So I, I think you still go Cade on that front. Yeah, look, when you're when you're as bad as the Rockets are, you cannot draft for need. You have to draft for talent and the best player available, especially if you're drafting in that top four. And whether, you know, whether however that goes, if it's Cade, Jalen Green, Mobley, or if it's Cade, Mobley, Green, or, you know, however those three round up, the Rockets 
need to not worry about their current roster and just need to go for the best player available. Now, if they get Mobley, it could create a fit issue with with um, with Christian Wood. Yes. If they get Cade, it could create a fit issue with Kevin Porter and John Wall. So that's something that we'll definitely discuss, you know, when Cade Cunningham becomes the focus of our podcast. But honestly, with Evan Mobley, I just... I know he's going to be a star on a very, very good team that will likely contend for titles someday. It's just, it's just a matter of where he goes. He's going to fit wherever he goes. There isn't a way around, like it's literally impossible to be bad, like super, super bad with him on the court. In my opinion, he's just, he's able to do so much. He's able to create his own shot. He has an outside shot. That's probably the one thing I'd say that I hope that he works on a little bit more because if he has that outside shot, it makes him just that much more dangerous. There really isn't a whole lot that he can't do. But uh, what do you think, Rich, are his big weaknesses? Like, what is, what's something that stands out about Mobley that he definitely needs to work on as he enters the NBA? Yeah, I mean, my, my weaknesses tab is pretty short. We kind of already talked about it. Two of them relate to strength, and one of them is just simply outright. He needs to add weight and strength. And then also, you know, in turn, that'll kind of limit his effectiveness against stronger post-up guys. Like, I don't know how he guards Vucevic that well or anyone of that caliber. Of or like Balanchunas or something like that. Right, right. Those guys will kind of bully him, but he can still make up for it with his length. He did a really good job of fighting back with his length. Um, the one area outside of that, though, like outside of defense, because he also, excuse me, he also does need to get a little bit better with defensive awareness and IQ and rotations, just polishing that more than I think necessarily it's a flaw. But the offensively, there's only one hole I have for him, and that's just his jump shot's a little bit slow. But his jump shot starting point is pretty high. Like he starts it nearly at his chest. So I think it's fixable. It's pretty workable. I believe the touch. I think he's going to be just fine on almost all of those areas. I think it'll just come with time. I really do love Mobley. Like, I really think he's going to be very good in the NBA. And if he's with the Rockets, that just makes it that much better, in my opinion. Mike, we were going to say something? No, I mean, I, I'm i with you, both of you guys. I, I've loved Mobley since day one. My biggest question with him, uh, and, and Mavs, you, you tell me if, if I'm wrong. Do you feel like he's a potential defensive anchor for an NBA team? Or do you feel like with his lack of strength overall that he wouldn't have that ability to be a, a Rudy Gobert type uh, right away? Do you feel like that would take him a couple of years? What are your thoughts on him specifically on the defensive end of the court when he gets into the league? Yeah, so I don't think it'll happen right away, but I think the potential is very realistic to hit. And also, you know, I, I think as he – I mean, adding strength will do a lot and improving just awareness. But I think it mostly depends on who's around him. I think he's, his defensive skill gets amplified by having other good defenders around him, like everybody else. But, like, it's not a, you don't need a full team of it. Like, if you get him a premier defender on the wings or something, like, I mean, yeah, he's going to be the I – know, I know it kind of sounds redundant, but he's going to anchor that defense a lot better than if he had a mediocre defender on the wing, something like that. So I think it's almost team dependent, but the chance is very realistic at getting there. Yeah, you know, we've kind of seen how Mobley, or excuse me, we kind of see how Christian Wood was able to play next to Kelly Olenek, right? Now, if Evan Mobley comes to Houston, it's going to be very difficult for Kelly Olenek to stay as well. 
In fact, it, it's almost a foregone conclusion that he's gone, in my opinion, if if Evan Mobley becomes a rocket. Only because there's just – like, if Evan Mobley's on your team, you need to play him. Like, it's just, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is ready to play in the NBA today. And the Rockets would be better because of it. Now, I wonder, though, how minutes would look like with Mobley and Christian Wood on the floor. I personally would think that the benefit to that is you get Christian Wood to because Christian Wood is a little bit stronger right now. So Christian Wood would be able to defend probably your your anchor, your your centers, your Vucevic, your Valanciunas, those kind of guys. If you're playing those guys now, and then you give Evan Mobley to like let's I'm going to use the Grizzlies as a good example just because it's like you know we're using Valanciunas here, so Valanciunas. Like Christian Wood can guard him, and then Mobley can get Jaron Jackson or something like that, and that would make you know that would make it very difficult for teams to go small against the Rockets. If you're going to play guys like if you're going to play Mobley and Christian Wood, it's going to be very difficult for teams to play like a small ball kind of thing, kind of like what like the Nets do or something like that, where they they tend to like to play a stretch five instead of you know like a big five. And the thing is, we look at the teams that are performing well right now, right? We look at the Suns. They have DeAndre Ayton. We look at the Jazz. They have uh, Rudy Gobert. We look last year at the Lakers. They had Anthony Davis. You know, I think the the new NBA, at least the NBA that we are going into right now, having a center, you know, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, having a center that can create, that can defend really well, that can protect the rim in an, in an era that shouldn't be with, – with an era that's so heavily spaced out, Having a guy that's like a rim protector is, is pretty difficult, but Evan Mobley could be able to be that guy. And that's kind of the formula of a winning team right now is having a guy like an Evan Mobley. Now, the thing with Rockets people is, yeah, well, Christian Wood kind of is like that. Evan Mobley's a better version of Christian Wood. And as Mavs mentioned, you know, Christian Wood might not necessarily be part of the Rockets current timeline. If you get Evan Mobley, that's at least, you know, if you, if you match his contract when he becomes a restricted free agent that's seven years of evan mobley evan mobley will be a rocket until i guess 2028 2029 so that fits the rockets timeline a lot better than christian wood who is on a two-year contract so i really like the idea of evan mobley here and yes it does make christian wood a little bit more expendable and there have been talks about moving christian wood um amongst rockets twitter which feels a little um it doesn't feel right right now just because we don't have Evan Mobley yet we're just talking the hypotheticals here but I really think having a guy like Evan Mobley at Evan Mobley archetype is something that a, a championship contender every championship contender needs yeah I mean you look at the I mean just having that archetype is probably the most coveted outside of a I guess a superstar wing is probably the number one but having an all-around big who can stretch the floor protect the rim and plus is a really valuable role and even if he's not necessarily putting up the craziest numbers like I still think he's going to have no difficulty getting a double double like he's going to be able to get what he wants when he wants it for the most part it's just a matter of how good he is and it almost almost reminds me and it's not a player comparison but almost reminds me a bit of DeAndre Aiden, how like people are down on him, but he still averages like a double double with really high efficiency mm-hmm. and it's nothing like, cause DeAndre Aiden's the third best player on this team. Yeah. At least. Um, yep. and you know, if Evan Moby came to the Rockets, I'd probably make him number one or number two. <laughs> yeah. At least right away. It's 
It's him or Kevin Porter for sure. Yeah. You, you look at this Rockets team, you know, overall, and I mean, if let's say you do get the number one pick, you do take um, uh, Kate Cunningham. Do you have a couple guys that the Rockets could look at with their additional two picks in the first round that they should be targeting if they do get, you know, Cunningham? Do you have another big that you like in the first round that you're you're looking at? you know, that the Rockets could benefit from here in the, in the 2021 draft? Yeah, so it's hard to say around 20 especially. I think Biggs is probably the, the three other first-round bigs that come to mind all have incredibly wide draft ranges. You have Al- – uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to botch his name, but Alperin Shangun, I think is how you say it. You have Kai Jones and you have Isaiah Jackson are like the three other first-round bigs. And I don't think anybody has a real grasp of where they're going to actually go, especially before the combine. And I mean, honestly, mock drafts for the most part are meaningless before the combine. So that's a, that's a whole different thing. But I think if you look at any of those three, I think Shangun is probably the least likely to be there. And then Kai Jones, I think those two probably wouldn't be there in the twenties, but Isaiah Jackson has a real chance to be there. And, and he's a pretty raw, high upside, big, a little bit, a lot different from Mobley, you know, Mobley, I think, I don't know how to describe the difference in terms of defensively. I think Mobley's a lot more active and is more of an anchor, whereas Jackson's just a really strong defender. Like I think he's a better um, perimeter defender, which someone in the comments just said he's the most athletic person he's ever seen in his life. I feel kind of the same way about Kai Jones. Someone um, hasn't seen Kenyon Martin Jr. play. <laughs> yeah, That's what crazy. I say. Yeah, so I mean, like he's brand new to basketball, though, and high defensive upside with that athleticism and really still learning the game. So he fouls a lot, kind of isn't, you know, in stance, isn't necessarily rotating well. And also it's hard to tell with that Kentucky team, but offensively he already has a decent jump shot out to mid range. So I believe that he could be that high upside swing him or Kai Jones are going to be those two guys. But personally, I don't see Kai Jones there in the twenties. Yeah. The Rockets, a lot of, a lot of popular opinions or just like wild takes, I guess you could call it. Um, on Rockets Twitter amongst them is they want to trade 23 and 24 to move up to get Kai Jones. And if that's the case, you get like a, like a Cade or you get like a Jalen Green and a Kai Jones, those would be two long-term starters for you, you know, down the line. And I, I would be totally okay with that. Um, but I want to kind of bring us back to Evan Mobley here. And I know we have some questions from our uh, peanut gallery here. I'm going to bring up Ryan here, uh, loyal fan of the show. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself, Jeremy? I'm doing fantastic. I'm talking about my favorite NBA prospect now, Evan Mobley, so I can't complain yeah, I at all. A, I have a question for Mavs draft. What's up? I'm ready for it. Um, I don't know if these are the best comparisons, but could you compare Mobley to like a – a Jokic, a Wiseman, or a Bulbul? And then why is Mobley the better second overall pick over Jalen Suggs? Yeah, so no comparison to Jokic, completely different bigs. Jokic is that point forward. I don't really – I mean, Mobley's a decent playmaker, but Jokic is, I mean, arguably the best big man playmaker of all time. So no comparison on that. And uh, who are the other two you said? You said Bulbul and uh, Uh, Wiseman, I think. James Wiseman. Wiseman. Yeah, Wiseman, I think – Really, it comes down to just for both of them. They were both so raw in their defensive or just overall basketball IQ was a lot different. I also don't trust either of their shots nearly as much as I trust Mobley. Those are two Mm -hmm. massive, 
you know, differences. I, I really do think the rawness is just such a different element. Like Mobley is just so advanced for a freshman that he, especially as big men, they take a decent while to develop on the defensive end and he's pretty polished already for someone with his frame. Uh, so I, I think there's a big difference between those two guys and him. And then you said, uh, what was the last thing? Sorry, I, I know it's about Jalen Suggs and why he's not a safer pick, right? Yeah, why is why is Mobley the better second overall pick over Jalen Suggs? Yeah, so I think it really just comes down to ceiling. It Jalen Suggs is probably the safer player to be good first because he just really doesn't have any major holes in his game. And, you know, being a combo guard, he can fit in pretty quickly. So I, I have no issues about him having a 10-plus year career as a starting caliber player. But when mm-hmm. you look at Mobley, you know, he has star upside. I think he can defend the rim really well, which is the most important position to be a good defender at as a big man. And then also he can potentially shoot. He can pass a little bit out of the pick and roll, and he can dominate in that pick and roll, which, as we've seen, is one of the most important plays in basketball. And the right. frame just helps him do so much on the floor. He can really just make up for all of his weaknesses so quickly. And I think that kind of gives him star upside. I think you're looking at a guy who can average 20 and 10 kind of with ease in in a few years. Like, it, it's going to be quick for him. See, because the way I see it, I, I feel like I've been having this uh, – since I, I'm a big Zags fan. I'm from the Washington, Idaho area, so I'm a big Zags fan, and I've been following Suggs all year long. And um, I just thought maybe he could be a better uh, offensive playmaker than um, force spacer than – Mobley could be, but I mean, I don't, I haven't watched a whole lot of Mobley, so I can't really give my opinion. So, I mean, I don't know. I'll say no, this. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I think Evan Mobley will be an all-star. Like that's his, that's his floor. Like I, I truly believe he is like a floor. I think that if he were available in last year's draft, he would have gone with the number one pick. In uh-huh. fact, in most drafts, I would say Evan Mobley goes top two, maybe probably number one. Uh, obviously, with Cade in this draft, it makes him the likely number two pick. But in in this case, I think what you're going to see in a few weeks is Jalen Suggs is going to drop to number four. I personally think it's Cade, then Mobley, then Jalen Green, and then Jalen Suggs after that. I I don't know wow. for some reason like Jalen Suggs has ability to be a long term NBA player, but Mobley is a prospect that only comes around once in a generation kind of thing. Like, I don't think we've seen a guy like Mobley come out since, dare I say, Anthony Davis. But, like, it's it's on that level. And it's it's scary how good he can be. Jeremy, let me ask you a quick question. Jeremy, you put Jonathan Kaminga at five, right? I would say at this point, based on what I've learned through recording these podcasts and listening to the experts that we brought in, Kaminga is number five for me only because I guess out of the guys that we have, you know, you can make an argument probably for Scotty Barnes also because he might be a little bit more NBA ready. James, uh, James Brunite as well. But honestly, Kaminga has the higher ceiling, but he's a lot more raw. You know, he's only 18 years old, hasn't played as much, you know, uh, hasn't played as much basketball as some of these other people on, uh, on the list right here. But Kaminga has a higher ceiling, I think, than guys like Barnes and Boonite in that kind of, you know, second tier, the guys that are going to go probably in the late lottery. So that's why, for me, Kaminga is five. Okay. All right. Yeah, Mike, you're going to say you. something? No, I just I want to ask you, Jeremy. I mean, based on what you just said, I mean, do you honestly still feel like the Rockets could 
use Cunningham more than Mobley? I, I think. Mean, I mean, when you have Kevin Porter already in the mold, that's that's why I'm asking this question. Is that yes? Would I love to bring in a Kate Cunningham? Absolutely. I think he's the best player in this draft, bar none. But the way you're talking about Mobley, and I feel the same way about Mobley. Don't you feel like the Rockets organization would benefit more greatly from Evan Mobley? It puts more pressure on Kevin Porter to be that main guy. That's what this does. And the thing is, I guess in this regard, you know, here's, here's what I'll say this. If the Rockets get number one, take Cade. They're, like, take Cade. He is the best player. He is the highest ceiling in this draft. He is the best player in this draft. Sure. But... If they end up with Evan Mobley, you will not hear a complaint from me at all. Yeah, I I'll mean, say that. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I wish we had Cade or anything like that. No, I will say we have Evan Mobley. He can okay. be the truth. Like, I am super, super excited about him. The one thing that I think also that separates Cade from Evan Mobley is the fact that guys like Cade don't really often get injured. You know, and he doesn't like his body type is it's similar to Harden's in a way where, Harden, yep. yeah, I mean, but Harden, you know, has, I mean, now we're talking about Harden and, you know, he's you know, had four hamstring strains in two months, but, you know, up until the last two months, he's been pretty healthy for the majority of his career. I would, you know, love to have a guy like Cade that can, you know, stay healthy. Kind of reminds me of Luca as well. I can kind of bring Mavs draft to kind of back me up here if I'm totally off base or anything like that. But, you know, Luca's size reminds me a lot of Cade's and Luca is not the kind of guy that gets injured very frequently. So that also, you know, availability is the, the best ability and Cade brings that better availability possibly than Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley also, he's just a guy, like he's a big man and big men tend to get hurt a lot. And that's just, you know, that's not me knocking, you know, it could be totally different with these two, but you know, that's the risk you have to take with, with a big man, taking a big man that high. You know, look at what the Rockets did this year. with When they lost Christian Wood, that was their season. And you can't lose your big man for, for too long. Otherwise, you're going to face the consequences, especially if it's a guy that's as good as Evan Mobley. Could you imagine a Luka and Kwai duo in, Ma- in Dallas? Please, please speak it into existence. Uh, no, no, do not speak that into existence at all. No, we're not speaking that into existence at all. This is a Houston Rockets podcast. Yeah, yes, thank you. Now, if we can get like a Kevin Porter Jr. Kawhi back, yeah, we can manifest that. But I yeah, mean, yeah, a Luka so, Kawhi, a Luka Kawhi tandem though—that's scary. That is really scary. That would win the West without a doubt, in my opinion. Matt Scott, let me let me ask you let me ask you this real quick. Um, in the topic of you know current rosters, Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably not a Maverick next year. Uh should the Mavericks be looking to trade Kristaps Porzingis? And if you did, could the Mavericks be a play in the top four for a guy like Evan Mobley? So I think, I think Tim Hardaway is coming back. But what's up? What, what, why would he be, why would the Mavs be in the top four? Well, I'm just asking if they look. I think he means on. like trading into the top four. Yeah, right? no, we're we're on the. They top don't four. have a pick. Yeah, Mavs won't be able to. Mavs, I was well, going to no, say, no, yeah, no. Mavs, Mavs would be lucky to get a first rounder for him at this point. I think like just, twenty to twenty and above. I'm looking at a you know at the Mavericks. You know we have Mavs drafts on here. You know could they package possibly a a Porzingis and a Tim Hardaway Jr. to a team that they could land a pick that could move them into position to draft Evan Mobley is my only question. 
I don't think so. Porzingis' well, value mine. is so down. I, I, I tweeted yesterday, like, this is this is the exactly where Mavs fans, and I think just the Mavs in general, are on him, especially after the playoffs. Someone called me Porzingis yesterday at the gym, and I'm pretty sure it was an insult. So that's where we are. Yeah, with him. it was. I don't, it was. It was definitely yeah, an insult. I was being very I, insulted. Yeah, How is it an insult? I mean, you no, you have not watched the Mavs this year, then. No, if I you have. You think Porzingis I mean, is enough to get into the top four? No, no, no. If you listen I'm to what I just saying, said, I agree with. I agree with Mike. If you listen to what I just said, a sign and trade with Porzingis and Hardaway Jr. to get into a position that they could potentially get a replacement for Porzingis being Evan Mobley. That's well, that's impossible. That's impossible because the I was free agency bust. because free agency is after the draft. You can't sign and trade with a draft pick before before free agency begins. If you get an agreement in place is what I'm saying. That doesn't happen. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, uh, Mark Cuban is the most – I would love Mark Cuban to be the owner of the Rockets. Let's put it that way. If anybody could figure it out, it would be him. Mike, I agree no, with No, Mike, you. it's literally uh, impossible. It's impossible. It's, in, it's not in the now. rules. Mike, Mark Cuban can't fix that. I don't understand this at all, but all right, Ryan, um, I've got other speaker requests. So if you have one anything more question last, for you, one go more ahead, go me. ahead. One question. Who was I talking about? Uh, was it you or Michael Brown about, about Josh Hart being in Houston? Is that you? Is you? That was Mike. Yeah. Why? Well, I, Josh Hart. I don't see it. I just don't see it. I mean, if you trade Eric Gordon and John Wall, they need guard depth. So I would love to see Josh Hart end up in Houston. Would Jeremy, you hear me? Josh Hart. Honestly, um, when it comes to Josh Hart, I am actually in agreement with Mike on this one. Mm-hmm. We don't agree often, but we agree on this one. I would like mm-hmm. Josh Hart in Houston. Uh, yep. It's it, like, but the price has to be right, and I personally think it's going to be very difficult for the Rockets to make mm-hmm. a move for Josh Hart. But it's he's definitely someone that can provide something special for a team. I think he's good defensively. I think he's decent enough three-point shooting-wise where he's not a liability. I think that he can space the floor well enough. The only thing is for me, like, if you bring in Josh Hart, it's going to affect Jay Sean Tate's playing time because they play very similarly. They play very similar positions, and it's going to be very hard to have both of those guys, like, together. And if So that's why I think maybe you might think the fit is off, but Josh Hart is definitely a talented basketball player, and he would be welcomed on the Rockets. The Rockets should be looking to add any talent they possibly can. All right. Thank you for All right. That Thank you, Ryan. Feel free to double tap Ryan's profile on his way out so you can gem him up. I'm going to give it a going once, going twice, and he's out of here. I'm going to bring up a guy under the alias of Buttermilk Jesus. I'm afraid – I hope that's, I hope that's what your parents named you. If that's it's not, I'm going to be very disappointed. Is that your legal name, Buttermilk Jesus? Yes, I have a passport that says Buttermilk Jesus. I, you're my favorite person ever on this podcast. All right, uh, Buttermilk Jesus, you got a question for Mavs Draft or any of us up here? No, nah, I know, Rich. Uh, I just, I just, I got. I'd have questions uh, for him. Buttermilk is one of the smarter people on on Draft Twitter. So if anyone, it's the other way around. I'm, I got questions for him. <laughs> well, feel free. The conversation is welcome. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, this is actually perfect timing considering I joined a draft Twitter mock draft last night and I picked the Rockets as my team. So I've been thinking about draft strategy for the Rockets like in the last day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I got the number two pick along with the 23rd and 24th. Um, I picked Mobley with the second because it's the very obvious choice. Um, also, I'm a guy from Seattle. So Kevin Porter Jr., I've just been high on him since high school. So mm-hmm. I'm just yeah, – I, I think very he, young Ray Luke is also very high on him. I think this is like a hot take. I would I would take – I would trade my number three pick for Kevin Porter Jr. in this draft. That's how high I am on Kevin Porter Jr. as far as like just as an offense engine. He's very young still. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, this is the Rockets podcast. I'm sure you guys already know. Um. As far as 23rd and 24th, I'm a guy that would actually argue that um, I wouldn't really want to trade up because I think there's a lot of value to be had in that range. Someone, Two guys are probably going to fall that give you lottery-level upside. Like I think that's a very real uh, probable outcome. Um, I've been thinking about it, obviously, and I think there's a chance you guys can end up with like Jerry Butler, which would be an awesome like backcourt partner long-term. Absolutely. Next Kevin Absolutely. Porter Jr., um, he's from Baylor, also from like uh, I think he's from Louisiana, so he's kind of like regionally, like from the mm-hmm. area somewhat. Yeah. Um, I love his catch and shoot numbers. I think he'd do a really good job being like the with going off rich here, um, like the Jalen Brunson of this team long term next to like Luca, like another shot maker who can be an awesome catch and shoot, play off ball as well. Uh, won't hurt you defensively at all. So I really like Jared Butler with one of those two picks. Um, another guy that came up for me was. Josh Christopher, a guy who I feel like has a solid chance at dropping out the top 20 despite being, like, a very stereotypical kind of guy that, like, the NBA would like. Um, there might be a little bit too much overlap with Kevin Ford Jr. here because he's also a two-way shot maker type. Um, but for me, the way I view it, uh, he's kind of like your Tim Hardaway Jr. It's going off the Mavs thing again. Um, just another shot maker you can add because you can never have too much shot making, in my opinion, uh-huh. especially in the playoffs. Um and he's a guy that I think has, like, more interesting defensive uh, potential than is getting credit. Uh, yeah, Garuba is another guy. If he somehow drops, I kind of doubt he'd drop this far. But I feel like the Rockets... I don't think um, he's going to drop that far either. But Yeah, I but guess if the Rockets me, yeah, front like, office had him in, available, though, him and Mobley would be an insane front court of the future. But he might absolutely. be getting a little crowded. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say this. You know, uh, we've been wanting to focus a little bit more on the top of the draft, at least currently because it's right now it's the lottery but once the lottery kind of dissipates it our focus is definitely probably going to turn towards these 23 and 24 because i think i feel like the top five is pretty much solidified or you know 99 percent good so on on lottery night uh which is a week from tuesday we're going to host a live watch party here on locker room and then a recap uh, reactions podcast immediately after. So be sure to come to locker room on uh, Tuesday night next week and uh, we'll be talking lottery. But I think when once that's happened, we'll, we'll probably have a very good idea as to who we would get at the top of the draft if we get anybody. And then we can start focusing a little bit more on 23-24, what we should do with it. But I guess with, with you bringing it up, we can have like a small little uh, tease, little preview of the conversation. Um, I'll just ask the, the room this. Uh, trade or don't trade? Do you trade up here um, to get maybe a guy in the lottery, or do you keep the picks that you have because you value the the depth that this draft class has? Well, I'll start with our resident guest of honor, Mr. Mavs Draft. Yeah, I mean, I think quantity over quantity in this draft is kind of the way to go. I, I think the way it's projecting right now, I, I really do think 23 and 24 might be better than just the 16th pick. I just don't see a major drop-off. Like, on my board, 
I, I have like nine to twenty one is about the same tier. I don't know about you, buttermilk, but I'm pretty sure it's, you got around the same. Yeah, at, like once I get to fifteen, fifteen through twenty five is very narrow and tight. And like these are guys that I think typically in like last year's draft I would take in the lottery. So this is like a really good draft to be in that early twenties area, in my opinion. Well, Mavs draft. Let me ask you this: You think if they move, if the Rockets move from twenty three and twenty four collectively, they can only get to sixteen? You don't think they could get to a 12 or a 13? I think a little bit. I mean, not necessarily too literal with that, but I think around that range, like, you know, into the lottery to 16, like 13 to 16 is probably the best. I mean, I just, I don't know how much 23, 24 necessarily. I'm bad at like trades, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, you also got to look at the teams that are trading at that spot, at least currently. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Portland and Sacramento crafted a trade. I think it was for Zach Collins. And they traded 20 and 15 to go up to 10. So it's going to be like, it's going to have to be a trade like that. It's very weird because you don't usually don't see a team like the Rockets pick consecutively late in the first round. But this team has three first round picks and zero second round picks. Obviously that, that second, that final first round pick is from Milwaukee and it's from a pick swap that they got in the PJ Tucker trade. So the Rockets also, they might, I don't. I don't think they're going to move down, but you know, considering that they might, because you know how they love their second round picks and stuff like that, you might see a team like Oklahoma City want to trade up into the first round. Um, you know, they have thirty five and thirty six, so maybe you look at a, a trade where it's like twenty four for thirty five and thirty six. Uh, that could be something that the Rockets look into. Uh, so there's there's. A lot of ways the Rockets can go in this draft. You know, we're not very familiar with the draft here in Houston just because usually Daryl Morey yeah. <laughs> has traded all of our picks beforehand. But Rafael Stone has three first-round picks. I don't think – I don't know the last time the Rockets had – like, I remember in 20 – what was it, 2014, Mike, when they had two firsts and they got Sam Decker and Clint Capella? Or was that – or was that 2015? It was something around that point, but I think that they had – two firsts in that round. I'm not sure. They usually don't draft, you know, in the first round usually, but I, I'm it. just, yeah, I'm just sure whatever the Rockets do, is probably going to be smart. Um, you guys oh. have like one of the most underrated scouting departments in the whole league. So. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, is if the Rockets don't get a top four pick, their pick falls to 18. So then the Ro- there's a, there's a world in a scenario where the Rockets draft 18, 23 and 24. That's three, uh, of seven picks belonging to one team. And if that were to be the case, I do think that you could see the Rockets package two of those to, to trade up. But it's to me, I'm kind of along the lines of I think they need to get as many guys in as possible because yeah. the more people you bring in, the more chances you have of a player sticking. And they have a lot of guys right now already on the team that look like they can stick. K.J. Martin, Jay Sean Tate, uh, Christian Wood, and K.P.J., but if you can add three more guys to that equation, it it gives you an option to maybe trade Christian Wood at the end of the year, or it gives you an option to you know move like structure your team a little bit differently and a little bit with a little bit more consistency to it. I think that was a big reason why the Rockets were as bad as they were last year. It wasn't the talent on the roster, but it was the constant you know, moving back and forth, you know, with trades and with injuries and, you know, this guy can't play back-to-backs, this guy can't play back-to-backs. So I think 
if you bring in all these guys, you're going to start to see a consistent rotation form. And that team will get better because they're playing together every night and they are developing a chemistry, something that the Rockets didn't have a whole lot of this year. They didn't have a whole lot of on-court chemistry because they didn't have a whole lot of practice time together. And that's also something that, you know, I think that's something a big reason why the Rockets will be better this year is because you're going to have a full off season with Christian Wood, a full off season with KPJ, full off season, hopefully three months is, I would call that a full off season. And you're going to bring in these new guys. It's going to be a new fresh energy and the Rockets can fully start their rebuild. No more tearing down, only building up. So a buttermilk Jesus, I I've loved having you on the show. Any last thoughts before I send you back? Uh, I just love the Kevin Porter Jr. Evan Mobley potential just as like a two-man game. Um, I I think Mobley does so much to unlock like lineup versatility, does so much to unlock your other prospects as well, just because he does like the impact that he that makes defensively just is constant. Um, I would want to ask, because I've been thinking about this <laughs> last night, um, how do you guys think KJ Martin fits into your, like, your future? What do you guys see him becoming? Because um, he's one of those guys that I didn't really see coming at all last year. Uh, I just saw him as a prep player that was athletic, and I just wasn't sure whether the shooting would translate and all this stuff, um, the height would or anything. Uh, clearly, it translated really well. Um, I'm curious what you guys make out of his rookie year, what you have expecting of him. Uh, is he a future starter? Like, just, yeah. I think he's the first guy off the bench at the small forward position. I think he's an integral part of this organization, but I don't believe he is the starting small forward of this team. Something that been that something that's a plus about KJ is that he is a just a big burst of energy, and that's why I think he also kind of makes more sense to come off the bench. I think Jayshon Tate is super integral to the starting lineup because St- Stephen Silas really likes to play the best defenders, and that also might be the case for KJ Martin to eventually step in to the starting lineup, depending on who else is there amongst the the forwards that the, those like combo forwards like the Jay Sean Tates like the KJ Martins but I think KJ makes a lot more sense to come off the bench because he can provide that he's like that second unit spark that teams desperately need like at the end of the first quarter early second quarter to kind of you know stretch their lead or or to you know keep it keep it close when they're when they're trailing so that's why I think he best fits there. And if he's playing smaller minutes, he has more ability to be that burst. You know, at the end of the season, his numbers were really good. But also keep in mind, the reason why his numbers were really good is because everyone else is injured. And But to me, KJ Martin is not a guy that is showing his value on the box score. He's someone that shows you value in his hustle, in his he, ability yeah. to guard bigger guy like he can guard fives uh pretty well just for his size and crazy you know, it's only, gonna, it's only him, gonna get better yeah my, my impression of him is that he's like your guys' bruce brown kind of that's accurate. a little bit i see what you're going with that yeah yeah absolutely yeah. There, but not there's someone that would some comparison there not someone that really factors in in your draft picking right like uh, he's not He's not Kevin Porter Jr. Essentially, like he's not that big as part of the core, right? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna get mad at me for picking another starting forward. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah. sweet. Just wanted All to clarify. Right. All right. Yes, I will. Buttermilk Jesus, I will get mad. <laughs> right. Have a good one, thank, guys. Thank you, Buttermilk Jesus. Everyone, double tap Buttermilk Jesus on his way out. Give him a double tap. Gem him up. Going once, going twice, and 
he's gone. But he got a lot of gems right there at the end, like four or five. So uh, thank you to the audience for gemming him up. Uh, before we sign off, um, Mavsdrop, I'm just going to ask you one question. How scared are you going to be when the Rockets march up to Dallas with the <laughs> uh, USC tandem with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Evan Mobley for years to come? In year one, I'm not scared, but uh, in the future, I am. I thought you were going to ask a much different question uh, there since I'm a what, Magic fan. What was fan. the question you thought it was uh, So I'm a Magic fan as well as Mavs. I, okay. I grew up – I'm from Orlando. I was born there, and uh, technically the Magic are my first team because of there that. There you go. But I thought you were going to say what, how, are you, how sad are you going to be when Houston jumps Orlando. But then I also realized Houston's number one, so <laughs> that, that can't be an insult. So <laughs> Yeah. No, that's funny you mentioned that because I live in Orlando right now. And I work for the Magic, or at least I did this past season. So uh, nice. that's, a, that's a fun little connection. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> so basically we flip-flopped because you're in Texas now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I've been here since 99. Okay. All right, so you went you went from Florida to Texas. I went from Texas to Florida. You just went to the wrong <laughs> city in Texas, I'm afraid. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Madra, thank you so much uh, for coming on to the show. Uh, we definitely love to have you back as we talk more draft stuff. Uh, we don't know a lot about draft stuff considering we are, you know, Rockets fans and we haven't had a draft like this in a very long time. So we're really excited about it. And we definitely are excited for uh, and appreciative for your knowledge that you've shared with us today. So uh, feel free to uh, plug anything you're working on uh, for the listeners and uh, for yours. Yeah. So I'm doing, trying to do like a scouting report a day for the most part for the next, I think it's what, six weeks till the draft. Um, you know, the lottery is obviously coming up. I'll be doing mock drafts pretty frequently on that. Pretty much after the combine, we get a lot clearer of a picture. Uh, I also do, you know, locked on NBA draft on Tuesdays. So if you ever, I do audio podcasts with that. So if you're ever just wanting to consume draft content, my timeline is pretty much filled with it one way or another, whether it's, you know, plugs or just straight up content on there. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You can follow him on Twitter at MavsDraft. You can also go to MavsDraft.com for all those scouting reports. Uh, definitely uh, take a read to those because. You never know where the Rockets are going to go with this draft. They could go for any guy in the first round. They could trade back. They could trade up. We really don't know how this draft's going to go. So be sure to head to MavsDraft.com uh, for all things draft-related. It's going to be a fun draft season. Thank you very much, uh, Rich. I really appreciate your time. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And that's going to be a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. For those who listen to us live here on Locker Room, a special thank you to you and a special thanks to Ryan and the new favorite person. Sorry, Jake, you've been replaced by Buttermilk Jesus. Uh, I, I'm only kidding. Buttermilk Jesus is number two. Jake, you are always number one. Uh, hey, Ryan. <laughs> Buttermilk Jesus. <laughs> Ryan's up there too. Ryan is definitely num- n- number two, number three. Uh, but Buttermilk Jesus, y'all got to just ask your parents to name you something a little bit, uh, a little bit more flavor. <laughs> But uh, feel free to go. Clamor, did you just clamor for more flavor for her? Our yeah, yeah. Tell tell okay. your tell your tell your parents to name you to give you a name with a little bit more flavor. Oh my god! Yeah, it's the greatest uh, thing you've ever asked. I'm gonna be honest. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, feel free to drop your Twitter handle for the listeners. Uh, well, it's gonna be at bsw podcast underscore buttermilk jesus. But for now, it's just <laughs> at. <laughs> at DSW podcast <laughs> underscore MB. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Buttermilk Jesus. I'm about oh to change God. it right now. 
Um, but in case you're listening to this and I haven't changed it yet, it's Jeremy Brenner. Nothing fancy. Just my name. Just my flavorless, seasonless name, Jeremy Brenner. Um, actually, no, I'm very grateful for my name. I, I really appreciate my name. I love, I love uh, anyone with the J name. J names, we have like a secret bond. I really feel it. Um, but anyway, I guess uh, this is time. We, we've kind of gone off the rails here a little bit, so we're gonna we're gonna close this podcast now. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take and at DreamShake SBN. Head to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We're working on some draft recaps, uh, and also we have uh, one week from tomorrow. We are going to record one more podcast. We have Kate Cunningham to talk about. Uh, that should be sometime later this week, expected around sometime between Wednesday to Friday, and then Tuesday next week, big day, one of probably the biggest days in the organization, maybe since Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, like, that's how important this this day is, Uh, draft lottery, Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon is going to be in the draft room, uh, hopefully giving us some good juju, and where we can hopefully have the number one or maybe, you know, the number two pick. But we know what we want, the number one pick. That's that's what we want, Mike. We want the number one pick. So be sure to join us here. At, uh, we haven't figured out the time, probably sometime around 6.37 p.m. on Tuesday night, uh, June 22nd, as we prepare for the draft lottery. We're going to have I'm going to invite everyone up on stage. Whoever wants to come, we'll talk. It's not going to be a podcast. Uh, but then afterwards, once the lottery is revealed, we'll go right into our podcast episode and give you guys our live reactions. So, Jeremy, Jeremy we're we really excited lead. about it. Yeah, What's we let Mike? you lead the show out because I got a good exit for us. All right, Mike, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, the individual that will be leading the Houston Rockets at the NBA lottery is Hakeem the Dream. Joan from the University of Houston. Baby. You were way too excited for that, but I'm happy for you. Thanks so much. <laughs> and uh, sorry to the people that are listening to this with headphones. Uh, really apologize. I'm going to have to put a disclaimer in the. In the- no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, that's all from us today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance. Pure design. Polestar. 
Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.